Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Brand, Series 6 Channel 159. Sports Grid Radio Network's Tony Fenn joining us just for a couple more moments. As we break down the final four, countdown to tip off uh, is on. Very, very tricky first game. Interesting game. And I got to believe it's going to be a close game as well. I keep coming back to like 64 62 type of thing, Tony, for the first game. I really do think points are going to be... Listen, man, points are going to be the premium in this game. So how many points would it take you to say, you know what, I'm betting FAU? If it was if it was four, would you take FAU? Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, I certainly would. Against San Diego State, in this, with this kind of a total, four points in this kind of a game is plenty. It was, it's, it's enough. I, you know, I got San Diego State at minus 118. I played my money line immediately, and now they're minus two and a half, about minus 150. So, I mean, as much as I don't, as much as I'm not overly confident uh, about that, I may, if it goes any further than this, you can pretty much guarantee that I'll probably be uh, hedging. Or I'll, be, I'll be leveraging this, uh, the, the money I have on the money line back towards FAU and the points. And you said you're, you know, you're not worried about Miami hitting a wall here against UConn? Well, I mean, if you'd like, let's put way. UConn, if if you can score eight points against UConn, you've done something. But when, and when teams, high-scoring teams, capable offensive schemes have played UConn this year, um, I think they're they're three and eight or let's put it this way, they their losses, most of their losses are because um, they played high-scoring teams that were that were exceptional on that night, and not just exceptional, but above average, better than their skill set, probably played above that. Uh, head and shoulders, not head and shoulders, but played above it. And if there's one team, if you like Miami here, not only do you like Miami and the six points, you definitely have to like this over 149. I'm sorry, you have to yes. like the over. You, that's correct. I agree. If you like UConn and they're going to you know, be big in the middle and make Miami hit three-pointer after three-pointer, then you probably you probably like UConn in the under. That would be the way to play it. And at, least, at least in my orbit, you know, in my crazy mind, that's the way I see it playing out. 
I think UConn's going to win this game like 84 to 72 type thing. There you go. That's still over the total by quite a bit. Yeah, yeah I, it might even be a little higher scoring. Dude, Miami yeah. can't play. Miami won't slow it down. They're not. They're going to want to run with UConn <laughs> and hope for the best, right? Like that's right. Uh, no, yeah, if they absolutely. slow it down, it's not a good idea for them. I just think, look, they're both good offensively. I think UConn are better. I just think UConn are better at both ends of the floor. But we know that. But we know that they're better defensively than Miami. And I think just trying to trade points with UConn is going to end poorly for Miami. That's my take. Mm-hmm. And the random caveat here is, as it does always with three-point shooting teams or jump shooting teams that want to get out and run, ab, get break, not face half-court sets, or long rebounds, offenses, uh, rebounds, second-chance points, that's the irregular random part. Sure. It's level two. This is Fortridge. I am Gabriel Moranzi. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people, the bustler, but everybody else in between. Let's do this thing. Chris Monter from College Basketball News. Dot com will join us in a couple of moments. He was in attendance at the Lakers in the T-Wolf game uh, this evening as well. We'll talk NBA basketball, college basketball with Chris Robvino. He's going to join us in level three. We'll talk XFL football and the final four. Major League Baseball is back. Somebody better tell uh, San Diego that. Now 0-2. Tony Finn with us just for another couple of more moments on the way out here. So, Tony, why don't you share with the global audience that we have right now. What do you like tomorrow, Mr. Tony Finn? And you can find Tony on Twitter at uh, Finn at Wager Talk. Finn at Wager Talk. What do you like tomorrow, Tony? You mentioned, I'll just go to the NBA real quick. There's only two games. And you mentioned the NBA. Dallas is at Miami. Miami has been horrific. You know, they've won a few. They're Dallas is getting a point. It's going to be a pick and play. Uh, it looks to me like Doncic and both Doncic and Kyrie will play. Whereas Bam is the questionable. With no Bam in the middle of that Miami defense, give me Dallas in a pick em any night, all day long, and for a max play. Um, in baseball, I still like Strider in the strikeouts. We talked about it. The more I think about it, the more I like it. I like it and on the money line uh, or on the run line, as you suggested. That's the only way to play that. You're not laying 260. Those two games I really really like, and, and, the, and the prop on Strider over six and a half strikes, strikeouts, should I say. Yeah, I really like this Strider prop as well. I'm going to put this in tonight because it is already shaded to the over as far as the price yes, is concerned, is. and I don't want to see a seven and a half plus money. I'd rather get the six and a half uh, right now. Uh, you know, Tony, on the way out here, I tell you what, the New Orleans Pelicans are starting to play. Uh, yeah. These guys are playing good basketball right now, and they're two and a half point favorites on the overnight line against the Clippers. I'm, I'm looking at the Pels in this spot. Well, they've been really, really good. They were they were five and zero at one point before they kind of blew that. Long story short, on that is everybody said Tony they haven't played anybody, haven't played by Houston twice, San Antonio, etc. But they continue to play well and continue to play well on the defense side of the ball. No Paul George tomorrow, obviously no John Wall, um, no Boston and Morris and Gordon are questionable. I don't I understand the minus three, and that's where I'd be if I was in that game. Tony, excellent stuff as always. We'll catch up with you next week. Best of luck on the Kino machines tonight. Thank you, brother. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. 
the crack of the bat on a home run, the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. My name's Bobby, and I am an addict. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Bobby. You know, you folks aren't here because you're gamblers. You are here because you are terrible gamblers. Hey, Bobby. These folks don't need to stop doing what they're doing. They just need to get better okay. at it. Countdown to tip-off continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Morency. Sirius XM Channel 159 on the Sports Grid Radio Networks. Throwing it down, Rob Vino will join us from Philadelphia a little bit uh, later on. RobVinoSports.com, WagerTalk.com. Chris Monter joins us, CollegeBasketballNews.com right now. He was in attendance, the Lakers, 123, Minnesota Timberwolves, 111. Seems like an improbable score if you were watching the first half of this basketball game, but a 24-2 run by the Lakers, and Anthony Davis has been carrying this Lakers team. There was all this talk, oh, when LeBron gets back, but LeBron is having a hard time getting into a rhythm right now. AD goes off once again, and um, AD 17 rebounds uh, tonight. 38 points, 17 rebounds for Anthony Davis. Uh, The Lakers are over 500 uh, right now for the first time and um they, they've got the seventh uh the seventh seed as we speak they're in seventh place so caught up in college basketball i needed a break from the nba the nba has been frustrating this year with all their stupid load management and just all the crap that goes on in this league and the t- terrible officiating but the playoffs are going to be lit let's bring in chris monta right now chris it's always a pleasure thank you for joining us in the late night hours tonight how you doing tonight chris great to be back with you how you doing today so, you know what? We're great. Thank you for joining us. And so what was it like uh, watching this this run? The T-Wolves was almost like a college basketball game in a sense. And a lot of times in college basketball, there'll be a team that doesn't score. You know, we saw Wisconsin didn't score for nine minutes the other night. We'll see teams go through scoring droughts. You don't see it as much in the NBA for five-plus minutes, but the Lakers just clamped down 24-2 run. Yeah, definitely. No lead is safe, I feel like, in the NBA. And the Timberwolves, you know, if you follow the team, and I live in Minnesota, um, have been one of the more frustrating teams. They made the big trade, Rudy Gobert, giving up you know five draft picks, five players, and most people thought that would get the Timberwolves, who were in the play-in game last year, to another level, maybe get close to 50 wins. And they've been one of those teams that have lost you know to teams like Oklahoma City, Detroit, Houston, San Antonio, but played well against some of the better teams in the league. But very inconsistent team. You know, this is a game they really kind of needed to win after a good road trip. They beat Golden State, beat Sacramento, uh, gave Phoenix a tough game, despite having some injuries. Anthony Edwards not playing that game. And then 
like you said, got off to a, a 10-point lead at halftime. Carl Anthony Towns gets a three-point play. They're up by 13. You think maybe this is a game they can pull away from. Maybe the Lakers decide to pack it a little bit and, you know, uh, you know, bet, bank some of their players. But then they go on that big run, like you mentioned, 24-2, and a, a very bad loss and, uh, for the Wolves. And as you mentioned, a big win now for the, the Lakers getting that seventh seed right now. Although, so, you know, that West is so crazy. It can change, yeah. you know, within an hour. You know, it can be totally different. I think it just changed already, and teams haven't played. You're exactly right. Anthony Edwards tonight, 4-16 from the field, only scored 11 points, not putting the loss on him. But when you look at the T-Wolves, they did get pretty good production from across the board. Anderson, 17. Um, You had McDaniels with 15. You talked about Cat. Carl Anthony Towns dropped 23. Conley scores 25. Normally, if you look at this box score, and a game sheet. This is a winning box score and game sheet. But Edwards only eleven points tonight. Yeah, and he missed some time, you know, with the ankle injury, and then had a, a illness the other day that kept him out. And you know, they're still trying to get their lineup together. You look at Carl Anthony Towns missed fifty-two games, so they're trying to get him back in. When he and Rudy Gobert at the beginning of the season, you know, didn't seem to really match that well because you know the one thing I never thought people put a lot of emphasis on that trade was. To me, Towns was effective as a big who shoots the ball extremely well, but because he's such a good shooter, a lot of big men don't want to guard him 25 feet away from the hoop. Now he's being guarded by four men who are more more than willing to step away a little farther from the hoop, but he's not going to blow by them like he blows by a center uh, when he drives to the hoop. So they're still trying to get everything put together, but you're right. This is a team, if you had everybody playing you know, at their optimal, this is a team that you know definitely, you look at Gobert, Former All-Star Towns has been an All-Star. Anthony Edwards is an All-Star this year. You know, Jaden McDaniel quietly is becoming one of the best defenders in the league. And, and I think Conley's been a big step up. D'Angelo Russell may be more talented as a point guard, but I think Conley, more that veteran leadership, you know, doesn't maybe need to shoot as much as Russell. I think he's been a big addition. You know, I had higher hopes for the T-Wolves this year as well. I don't know if it's chemistry issues. I'm not saying the players don't like each other personally, but I see a lot of similarities between the T-Wolves and the Toronto Raptors in the sense that the players are good, but there just seems to be role issues, definition issues, chemistry. But honestly, if you look, there's a lot of teams in the NBA like this, right? The Atlanta Hawks are another one, Chris. You know what I mean? Just sort of these 500 type of teams that they can win four in a row, five in a row. They can lose four in a row, five in a row. They could look good for three quarters, then fall apart. Look at the Toronto Raptors, a good example. Like, Raptors are great at home. Like, they, you play them at home. It's like, man, this team looks like, you know, you know, this team's like an elite team. They go on the road, and they just roll over all the time. And, you know, the T-Wolves, same thing. The Pelicans, Pelicans have had a lot of injuries this year, but I know the T-Wolves have had injuries as well, but it seems just like there's chemistry issues and not everybody's on the same page. Edwards, Gobert, and and Towns. Yeah, I think the feeling was maybe by trading Russell. I don't think Russell and Gobert had a great relationship. There's some talk that you know Russell had kind of ripped uh, Gobert. You know, the fact that he maybe he hasn't doesn't have the greatest hands, kind of limited offensively. You know, maybe by having Conley who played with Gobert in Utah, that would be a little bit better fix. So I, I feel like that has happened. I think Gobert has played much better, especially the second half of the season. Now the question is, when you get Carl Anthony Towns back in the lineup. Can you get everybody playing at the same pace? And unfortunately, the lost Nas Reed, who's been really a big surprise for the team, really improved his game, really good three-point shooter, former undrafted player, 
now has become a really good ball handler as well. Definitely capable of putting up you know 20 points on a given night. Now he's going to be out for six weeks with a broken wrist, so I think that really hurts them right now. I will say this. As the standings stand now, the Lakers are in seventh, so they would host the Pelicans in a play-in because they own the tiebreaker. Um, and Minnesota would play Oklahoma City. That would actually be a fun game, though. Minnesota and Oklahoma City would be a fun game. Let me ask you, most cities, you know, the NFL is king, right? So, you know, the NFL is going to be the king. You know, Los Angeles is a little bit different with the Lakers. It's rare that, like, the hockey team is, like, the big show in town. But where, what is the pecking order? I know the Vikings and Skull and all that are, you know, that's that's the Vikings in it are, are massive. But are people kind of just worn out with the T-Wolves that they've just never, you know what I mean, frustrated? Like, are they just sort of numb to it all now compared to the Minnesota Wild? You know, I, I've been to the Target Center. I've never been to St. Paul to a Wild game, but I've been to uh, the Target Center. Like, who's, like, how popular are the T-Wolves compared to the Wild right now? Well, yeah, the Vikings are obviously the biggest team. You could talk about them pretty much every day. This year they had a great year, 13 wins, kind of exceeding expectations. I think the over-under was eight and a half or nine, so they obviously overachieved that. You know, had eight a fourth-quarter comeback, so played extremely well, but unfortunately faltered in the first round, losing the, the Giants, a team that they had beaten earlier in the season. Uh, the Wolves wild, unfortunately, you know, those teams haven't been super consistent. The Wolves have been, you know, traditionally one of the worst teams in the NBA, only making the playoffs twice in the last 20 years. The Wild haven't been able to get past that first-round hump, and a lot of people question how well they would do this year. They got rid of a couple big, big-time big players, J.P. Parisi, uh, um, and also losing uh, Suter. Uh, Parisi and Suter obviously had big contracts. They decided to cut ties with them even before their contracts are due, so they're really in kind of a sour cap hell, but I've done a great job kind of making some trades, especially at the deadline. They've been playing extremely well, losing only once in regulation in the last 20 games. So they were playing extremely well. So I think they definitely have captured the interest of the Wolves, you know, up and down, like you said. Chris Monter kicking it with us, and we should bring up the Minnesota Golden Gophers in the Frozen Four, baby. All right, we'll get into the uh, the Frozen Four and you know, the Final Four with Chris Monter, College Basketball News. This is Sports Rage. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. You are listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci. I've been talking about how the NCAA women's Final Four ticket prices are actually higher than the men's. And I tell you what, Caitlin Clark did not disappoint uh, tonight. Chris Monter, College Basketball News, uh, with us right now. Chris was at the Lakers in the T-Wolves game. Chris, it was an epic game tonight. Caitlin Clark does it again. She scores 41 again. It really is unbelievable that, like, the, the truly great players, whatever the sport it is, you know what they're going to do, and you still can't stop it. It really is like one of those deals, man. Every time she shoots, Chris, I think it's going in. Yeah, definitely, and got a chance to see how big the support for her is from that state. The uh, Big Ten Women's Championship was here at Minnesota at the Target Center, and the the games when Caitlin Clark wasn't playing, you know, you had a couple thousand fans. There were 12,000 fans uh, for the Big Ten title game, so the the fans are really behind her, and she's, you know, definitely got a lot of people, to be honest, who don't talk the women's basketball tournament talking about her, obviously, South Carolina losing tonight, but they were undefeated at 142 straight games, won the national title last year, won a title a couple of years ago when they beat Mississippi in the championship game. So uh, sometimes I think actually you might actually have been hearing in the last week or so more talk about the women's uh, championship or Final Four than the men's, and I don't think that's ever really happened or, to be honest, even been close in the past. I've been part of it. I've been part of it. Like I said, like honestly, I have a TV and radio show we, where we do we, we give the picks at six o'clock Eastern before games, and I don't recall us ever really spending like we spent like the first hour, like forty minutes on the woman stuff. Like you know what I mean? Because it was it was that compelling to talk about and break down. Plus, you know, people are betting it. I think you're right. Actually, I think this you know, and we've said this before, Chris. People love, they always liked, all oh, the brackets are all busted and stuff. But you notice, like, if, if it wasn't FAU and San Diego State and it was Kentucky versus Duke playing tomorrow, what would be talked about more this week? Let's just be real, Chris, right? Like, people love the Cinderella stuff, but, you know, ultimately it ends up, they like it, and then they move on after, and then the network is left with the ratings <laughs> of what happens. Put it this way, it's going to be a hell of a lot more people watching the Miami-UConn game than the first game tomorrow, Chris. Just just the way it is. It's true. Definitely. And you look at, you know, this is the first time since 1979 where none of the top three seeds advanced to the Final Four. And you're right. People love the, you know, the Florida Gulf Coast, the, the Princetons. But, you know, I think after round one or two, and you, you, I would think, I don't even know what the percentage is, I would say at least 90, 90 95, or maybe even higher, percent of people in their bracket probably don't even have one of these four teams left. Well, most of the office pools I know have pretty much been already sewed up because, you know, one team, one person might have one team still available where pretty much everybody else is busted. So, but again, I, I think I don't have that big of a deal. I think these will be interesting games because the teams I think are, are pretty similar. This first game, especially 
Florida Atlantic South, uh, and San Diego State, two really strong defensive teams. You look at the, their makeup, they both go nine deep, and ne- but neither team has anybody play more than 27 minutes a game, and everybody played at least 15 minutes. So they're very similar. You look at Florida Atlantic, a team that maybe a lot of people don't know about, but you look at that record, 35-3, and they've won 11 straight, haven't lost since the middle of uh, February. And this is a team that returned eight of their nine starters. So you figure, oh, this means they're an experienced team, but their top three scorers are all sophomores. So this team, you might not know a lot about them going into this tournament, but this is a team that could easily be back there. And Dusty May, you know, wasn't even a player in college at Indiana. He was a student manager, learned under Bobby Knight, but he's got a great job. And I wouldn't be surprised to hear his name. I know they kind of re-upped his contract, gave him a little more money, but I would think some other teams, especially if you're an SEC team that maybe doesn't have a great season next year, you would assume Dusky Mays' name is going to come up a lot in San Diego State. You know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Mountain West Conference because obviously the Pac-12, big shakeup with losing USC and UCLA and questions about maybe Oregon or Washington maybe going to the Big Ten. What does Pac-12 think about maybe San Diego State, a team that makes it to the Final Four? They have four teams from the Mountain West make it to the NCAA tournament. The Pac-12 only had four. So, you know, if a San Diego State could advance to the championship game or maybe even win it, does that change the way maybe some conferences look at realignment? And Brian Dutcher, of course, uh, talked about there'll be more realignment coming. If you're in a Pac-12, San Diego State would be attractive. You bring in a a quality basketball program and a a football program with a new stadium and a, a burgeoning sports market in San Diego. Uh, right now, it's almost like uh, they should have an NFL team there, but uh, that's that's another story. Um, so I've, this I've, this is a tough game, man. Florida, Florida Atlantic, and and San Diego State. What's your pick? Who do you think uh, wins this basketball game? Yeah, it'll be very interesting. And you look at the total, especially. I think that's where a lot of people are focused on. San Diego State has gone under the last twelve games. So obviously, they want to muck it up. They want to play in the fifties and sixties. Uh, Florida Atlantic likes to play low scoring games as well. Uh, like I said, a lot of returning players from Florida Atlantic, but you look at, you know, San Diego State has a lot of players back as well. Four of their five starters, they have eight seniors, only five and five juniors. So a very experienced coach uh, team. And this is a team that wants to do something in the tournament. I thought they definitely had a chance to be a one or two seed a couple of years ago when they had Micah Flynn and definitely deserved the chance to maybe win a title a couple of years ago. But unfortunately, COVID came and hit hard that year but uh i think this will be a very very close game i wouldn't be surprised to see it stay within that two and a half point spread i would give san diego state maybe just a slight edge but again florida atlantic's been very very impressive throughout the ncaa tournament they beat florida in the regular seasons uh you know lost a close game to old miss so they've shown that you know they can play well against the conference usa schedule and again conference usa maybe people don't talk about that it's another conference that's going to see a big change. Obviously, Florida Atlantic, a couple other teams are going to the American Conference as some of those teams go to the Big 12. But you look at Charlotte, they won the CBI, North Texas won the NIT. So any team that can go 35-3, and I don't care who you're playing, that shows you a lot about that team. I'll tell you what, what a hell of a season for for this conference. This is we're a conversation with, with Chris Monter. So, Chris, what do you um, what do you think of uh, the Jordan Hawkins uh, situation, in which um, he missed the the open practice? There's a lot of talk. Oh, is he going to play or not? But I'll tell you what. I you know we had an odds maker on earlier tonight from WinBet on uh, earlier this evening on on the earlier show, and 
he he shrugged his shoulders at it kind of and you know the odds makers know best all the time when it comes to the illnesses people were kind of oh he didn't participate in any open practice yeah it's an open practice if he's not feeling well or he's not 100%, there's no reason for him to participate in an open practice. What are you hearing? What do you think about Jordan, the Jordan Hawkins situation? Well, he, he makes a big impact on that team. He's one of the most improved players in the country. Averaged 5.8 points as a freshman this year, 16.3 points. You know, you look at Connecticut, they really rely on their top two players. Only two double-figure scorers, although they had two other players who averaged 9.9 points and 9.5 points. But Hawkins obviously a very key factor for that team. If they don't have him, or if he's not 100%, that's going to be a big factor. But you look at the way Connecticut's played. I mean, they're winning by 22.5 points throughout the NCAA tournament through four games. Their closest game was 15 points, so they've been pretty dominant. Uh, but again, Hawkins, I think, will be, you know, they obviously need him if they're going to be successful. And this is a team, you remember the great start they got off to, 14 though, or ranked highest two in the country. Then yep. they go two and six in their next eight, playing extremely well though right now, 13 and two in their last 15 games. Yeah, I, as good as Miami have been, and Miami have been great, seven and one against the spread in their last eight tournament games. They're just so much fun the way they play, the way that they attack, their team speed. I just think, you know, UConn, UConn are better defensively than they are. And UConn can score. UConn also are used to playing a physical brand of basketball. It's not like Miami can out sort of street them or anything like that. Playing in the Big East. I've got UConn. I have, I have UConn cutting down the nets. I got a piece of them to win, it, win the championship. I do respect Miami, but I think UConn's going to win this game. Like eight, I said earlier to, to our previous guests, like 84-73 type thing, 83-75 or something. I think they get into the 80s, but I think they do beat Miami. Yeah, I think Connecticut would love it if we were in the 70s because I think the total is 149.5. You know, I think if they win by five, you know, you'd love it if you're a fan of theirs, you know, like 77, you know, 72, somewhere around that range. That way you can maybe get it under and – they still cover the, you know, make it a five-point game. You know, obviously, I think the big factor is you're going to want to slow down Miami. Like you said, they're a very high-scoring team, four double-figure scores, and their top three scores are all guards. When you look at um, and Isaiah Wong, Jordan Miller, Nigel Pack, the transfer from Kansas State. So I think that's going to be the key. The other big matchup will be the big men. You know, you, Miami has a double-double guy in terms of rebounding and scoring and you know Connecticut's best players they're big man so I think that will be the big matchup despite all the talk about the perimeter play and the coaching there's definitely you know when you talk about coaching experience listen it's hard to say that a Hurley doesn't have coaching experience Hurleys have been around the game their entire lives but when it comes to final four coaching experience Larinaga does have it yeah definitely I mean he was an assistant at Virginia when the, the Ralph Sampson period I've known him uh, for a long, long time, even when he's back to uh, back in the Bowling Green days, when he had uh, you know Daniels, who ended up being a second round pick, a second overall pick in the NBA draft. So he's been around the game forever. They took George Mason on that great run as 11th seed to the NCAA Final Four, and then he's done a great job at Miami. Um, and you know, I don't think he's gonna gonna retire anytime real soon, but obviously if you win a national championship, maybe you look at things a little differently, and obviously, you know, Miami, they put a lot of money in that program in the NIL, not only on the men's side, but on the women's side, which had a great run making it to the lead eight, so I definitely think, you know, Miami's going to give them everything you you would like, but you're right, I think the way Connecticut has played, they've been by far the most impressive team throughout the tournament. 
That's when I started watching college basketball in the Ralph Sampson era. Well, right, you know, a little before that, but Ralph Sampson was sort of that, you know, the first player that you know, I was a big fan of in the Virginia Cavaliers. Great stuff, Chris. Thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Enjoy the game. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Welcome to the 117th dust-up between the snort and swine of Springfield A&M and the Springfield University Nittany Tide. Oh, doctor, break out the hickory switch. I am Renzi. Thanks to Chris Monter for Kate with us. Rob Vino will step up and in. Caitlin Clark, we were talking about Caitlin Clark uh, earlier. 
and uh, she drops uh, 41 again. Another incredible performance uh, from Clayton Clark, but she's moving in on like some all-time records here right now. As uh, Caitlin Clark has um, 161 points and 52 assists in this NCAA tournament. Since the year 2000, it's one of six instances of a player having 150 points and 50 assists in any five-game span. All six of those are Caitlin Clark. Now, for the record, my favorite uh, player, one of my favorite basketball players of all time, but I am a Michigan uh, Wolverine fan, and I do like Chris Webber and the Fab Five guys, but um, it was Ramil Robinson, Loy Vaught, Mark Hughes, Glenn Rice, Steve Fisher, and company that actually won a championship. And it was because of Glenn Rice. Ramil Robinson hit the free throws against Seton Hall. But Glenn Rice, of course, set an NCAA tournament record that still stands to this day. In 1989, Glenn Rice hit 75 field goals, 27 three-point shots, and scored 184 points in the NCAA tournament. Now, you also have to understand, too, this is 1989. It's a different era of college basketball. It wasn't like a track meet era or anything like that. It wasn't like slugfest, like games in the 60s or 50s, but it also wasn't like, oh, yeah, it was wild, like track meets. Loyola Marymount were the only team, really, that played. Like the UNLV played fast. There were a few teams, but it, the, the UNLV sort of ushered the running Rebels, right, sort of ushered in that era. Loyola Marymount who Michigan incidentally lost to the following year. But I bring this up, not only because Glenn Rice is a badass, and it is the NCAA tournament, but so he played in six games. He scored 184 points in those six games. That's the all-time record. Caitlin Clark right now has 161 points. So in other words, she needs 23 points to tie Glenn Rice I get it. It's different. The men and the women, it's a different record and stuff, but it is and it isn't in the sense that she's close to scoring more points in the NCAA tournament than any men, man or woman in tournament history, which I, you know, any way you say it, that's pretty freaking impressive. Iowa are two-point favorites against LSU, Kim Mulkey and Angel Reese. I don't pretend to be a women's college basketball guru or expert, but at the same point in time, I do proclaim to be a degenerate gambler. <laughs> and, and I do whatever. We speak college basketball often with Coach James Young on the show, and people know I bet women's uh, college basketball for a long time. Yeah, we've, we've been on a nice run in this tournament. Like the player props tonight, Angel Reese. We gave you Angel Reese, LSU over 20, uh, 20 and a half. She finished with 24. Uh, the uh, the Kitley girl on, um, on Virginia Tech was 16 and a half. Uh, she finished with 18. I told you to take the Caitlin Clark, 27 and a half. She finishes with 41. We barely grazed by with the over of the game. They're not playing around with the total, though, of LSU and um, at Iowa. 159 and a half. It's interesting, too, that Chris Mantra brought it up, and he said, you know, it's kind of like the women's tournament's getting more attention this week, too, and people are talking about it more. I don't know what it is. 
is it is it the teams that are left standing? I think it is basically in the men's final four. I've told you know what people whatever I tell people things on the show all the time and people whatever and they think I'm just raging or saying this and they don't listen then it actually happens. But um, I'm expecting the ratings for tomorrow and in the national championship game to be very bad. <laughs> What's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, bad. Let's be real. How much hype is there for this this Final Four? Not a lot. Not a lot. You can get in for like 37 bucks, man. Like it's in two cap. It's not sold out. This is another thing too. Like, you know what I mean? Could you have a better atmosphere than you had for the Kansas State FAU game at Madison Square Garden? Not everything has to be in a freaking stadium. Yeah, I know you don't want to do it for money and stuff. Whatever, dude. The tickets are going for 30 bucks on the secondary market. You want to go to the national championship game? Well, it won't, it won't cost you much. And it's it really like the, the women's. Tonight to get into the women's game, the cheapest ticket was like 600 bucks. This is secondary market. Cheapest ticket to get into the building was 600 bucks. Like the NCAA, whatever, dude. The NCAA is just pure, you know, they're just pure greed. But they don't, you can't, they're not going to sell 70,000 tickets for a UConn-San Diego State game or Florida Atlantic and, uh, and Miami or whatever. If it's Florida Atlantic and Miami, what do you think? Florida Atlantic's arena has 2,900 people in it. What do you think? Like the entire state of Florida is going to go to the game? They're not going to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's sort of like a band. Like if you're anybody that knows, like if you're in a band, is it better to play in a sold-out arena where there's like people like dying to get in and the ticket prices are super expensive because it's sold out? Or do you want to play and say, no, no, we're, we're big enough to play a stadium tour. And yeah, okay, you're playing a stadium tour and the upper deck of the stadium is closed. And it's half empty. Right? You know what I mean? You're putting curtains up and stuff. There's a reason why the UFC doesn't try to do stadium shows. Like, Dana's smart enough to know that, no, we're not going to sell enough tickets and then people are going to laugh at us because we have an empty stadium. Now, the NCAA, no one's going to laugh at them. And I'm not saying it's going to be empty, but... And also just from an atmosphere standpoint, you want to spend all that money to sit in level 600? <laughs> you're, little, you're literally like six miles from the court. You end up watching on the screen, right? So it's like they've got to reconsider, not that they ever will. At least they keep everything in arenas until. They used to put stuff in stadiums more, actually, like before the final. At least now, I think it's, um, at least they're not as greedy. They only do it for the final. But I think, like I said, like there's not a lot of, you know, we can talk, oh, San Diego State are great defensively and stuff. There's no flash, right? It's just that, you know, the bottom line is people want the Izzos. They want the Coach Ks. They want the North Carolinas. Because like I said, like either like you love them and like those type of big-time programs, Michigan, Right, they have fans everywhere. Right, they're so popular. They have alum everywhere. They're students everywhere. They have fans everywhere, and it's just like there's a big deal. And also, they have haters everywhere. Who the hell hates Florida Atlantic? Nobody hates Florida Atlantic. Nobody hates San Diego State. 
Like, and I know you're thinking, well, you know, I'm talking about the average person. And the bottom line is the average person is what, like, watches these sports events. We're already watching. Right? We're already watching. We're watching, the, we're watching the damn XFL. So, you know, we're watching this. We're already watching. But you know how many people tomorrow will be watching this and go, who the hell is this? Like, STSU, FAU, who, what, what? Like, what? Oh, it's not Kentucky. And the next thing you know, they're, they're gone, right? Like, we'll keep our eye on the ratings. But from a basketball standpoint, it's super cool. I mean, Florida, Florida Atlantic versus San Diego State's a great story. It's great for the kids on the teams that, you know, one of these teams is going to be playing in a national championship game, and you can't dismiss them. They've both beaten big-time powerhouses and big-time programs along the way. Matthias, what, what's, what are your picks uh, for tomorrow? I'm starting, listen, for me, I'm starting to buy into Florida Atlantic, and it pains me because I like San Diego State, and I'm a big Dutcher fan and stuff, but the teams that they've beaten, the style that they play, they're not going to be intimidated by, like San Diego State's defense catches some people off guard, right? Like they're not used to playing these type of like slugfest and, you know, grind this, and it gets annoying. Florida Atlantic are. They just, they, man, they beat Tennessee. They beat Memphis. Like they're... They 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 have just beaten you know t- this is exactly what Tennessee does. Wow, they just grind you and they're athletic and you know Florida Atlantic beat them. So I'm starting to buy in. Like and I tell you right now too, if Florida Atlantic right now was minus two and a half, moving on three like San Diego State are, I'd be saying you know what I got to take San Diego State here. To me, this game is going to come down to the wire. It is going to be that damn close, and I think points are going to be at a premium. We're talking about a game that the total is like 131 and a half, and I think that's too high. You know, honestly, this could be 50, 58, 55, 55 with like two minutes left this game. That would not surprise me at all. So when points are at a premium, I got to take the underdog. We're here to get people picks. I'll put my damn name on it. Give me Florida Atlantic. Plus three. No, I don't want the two and a half. I need three, and I wouldn't mind four. What's your pick, Matthias? Gabe, I love the under with the San Diego State-Florida Atlantic game. And because I like the under, I like San Diego State because San Diego State seems to win in these types of slugfests when, it, when it's these low-scoring games. They rebound, they get to the free throw line, and they're good around the basket. That's San Diego State basketball for a long time. And if it's that low-scoring game, then I pick San Diego State. But I'll tell you what, if it's over... Florida Atlantic wins, and they win by a lot, and nobody's going to expect that. So they, but I, I'm with you, Gabe. I like the under, and I like San Diego State, not unlike you. But I'll, I'll take those three points, actually, with, with Florida Atlantic. But I'd rather just go money line with San Diego State. And I like UConn, Gabe, minus five all the way. I think UConn gets there easy, and I think they win the national championship. Well, I'm with you on that. 22 to 1. Something you just said, though, that is key to this game, that is true. Tony Finn brought it up as well. Florida Atlantic are not a great uh, free throw shooting team. Listen, 70% isn't terrible by college standards by any stretch, but when you're playing in a super close game like this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. 
the crack of the bat on a home run, the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. The late night anger management class is his sports rage. I am Renzi. Countdown to tip off uh, is on. We were talking about uh, Tony Gwynn uh, earlier. The great Tony Gwynn, San Diego State. And, you know, listen, p- people think of Tony Gwynn as, a, uh, as one of the greatest hitters of all time, which he clearly was. Class act, too. Great guy. So may he rest in peace. But it's amazing. Tony Gwynn had 160 more career assists as a point guard for the San Diego State Aztecs than he had career Major League Baseball strikeouts. He played baseball for a long time. That's just one of those, like, what? He had 160 more career assists than career Major League Baseball uh, strikeouts. I'm seeing... um, I'm seeing here 19 facts. This is on MajorLeagueBaseball.com about uh, Tony Gwynn. 1994, he hit 394, the closest anyone's come to hitting 400 since Ted Williams. Of course, it was cut short by the strike. Expos got screwed, and so did he. He was batting um, 423 in the second half of that year. Gwynn's 334 career, second half batting average, the third best in the last uh, 50 years. Gwynn struck out three times in a game. Once. <laughs> once. Now guys strike out three times in a game in their first three at-bats. He, he struck out three times in a game once against Bob Welsh of the Dodgers in 1986. The late night for class. This is Sports Rage. I am Renzi. Vent your rage. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions.